can. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome aboard. You've tuned into Pop Life. TKRS presents Pop Life, where we we go through all all of the different stories and and things going on in the wonderful world of pop culture. You can check us out on Facebook, Pop Life. Oh, TKRS presents Pop Life on the Facebook. Right now, there's a, a show chat going on. Um, so head on over to the Facebook, like us, get involved in the chat, and uh, this is our big end of the year show, our last show of the year. So uh, we got you know the year to talk about, so many different stories going on, and we're going to kind of go back in the past a little bit, a little later on. We're going to discuss which was the better Michael Jackson album, Thriller or Bad, and it might seem like that's an obvious choice, but think again. So go look, listen to the albums, look at the track listings, get on the Facebook, maybe put a vote there, or give us a call, 347-838-9815. That is the number to call. As always, we, you know, I couldn't do it without you, Todd. Todd is in studio. Love having someone in studio to discuss these things. How are you doing this evening? Uh, it's the most wonderful time of the year, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm doing great. Um, I, I get really into... The spirit this time of year, things uh, always look happy and bright, regardless of whether things outside are dark and dreary. And, you know, there's a lot going on now, this month. There's a lot that has gone on in the past year. So I've been looking forward to this night for a while. And uh, I think we should get right into it with a, uh, a huge pop culture story that I really cannot say a darn thing about. <laughs> Well, before we get into that, I just okay. along the lines of what you were saying, like this yeah. time of year, wonderful time of the year, you know, we talked about it on the last show, and I, I did a benefit uh, for the American Cancer Society uh, this past weekend, uh, December 5th, and the St. Dominic Council Knights of Columbus sponsored it, and uh, I organized it, and I just, you know, some people couldn't make it, and that's cool, but I know out there in, in social media land, people were helped by by sharing the the uh, flyer around and liking it and and getting the word out, uh, we had a friend uh, Bob Trevero who hosts a show here in Rockland on WRCR who let us call in and publicize it. So everyone who helped out and maybe couldn't make it but helped out, I just wanted to thank each and every person out there that was involved, and it, whether you were really wholeheartedly entrenched in it or just involved a little bit. Uh, but just to let you guys know. Uh, at the end of the day, when we finished the fundraiser, we actually raised over $10,000 for the American Cancer Society. By far the biggest fundraiser 
um, you know, I've ever organized. So it was it was great. And like you're saying, it's it's this time of the year. Yeah, and it was good to be a part of that. Outstanding, Ken. You know, very happy, uh, very very proud of what you've done. Very happy that you raised the money. And of course, you wouldn't mention it maybe, but I've got to say also a performance by Ken and his band, Dirty Martini, who I've been dying to see and keep missing somehow. But uh, throwback band doing some of the standards and. Uh, you know, so that's uh, you know another aspect of it, and I, I'd love to come out. Unfortunately, I missed the fundraiser, and I've missed your performances. But you know, I, everything that you said, outstanding. Happy that you're you're helping out. Well, thank you. Yes, and yeah, you got to like you got to come because you know the, the things keep evolving. But I actually tap danced in this in this one. It was uh, if, if I could call it that, but <laughs> I tried. Uh, I had to thank Stacy Roth out there who who, uh, who uh, gave me some lessons. And again, if you saw me tap, no reflection on how good a teacher Stacy is. She's a great teacher, but uh, yeah, put out a little little tap little tap solo. Okay, it's good times. So, no, no one's gonna confuse me with Fred Astaire, but it was good. No, Kenneth chronicles his his tap dancing exploits to me, and it sounds like <laughs> a good time. All right, Ken. I once again, let me throw it over to you. Unless I'm missing something else. No, no, no. We're, we're good okay. now. We're good now. All right. And I'm sorry. I got the outline right I, here. I'm it's sorry <laughs> that I missed, uh, you know, your big news. We got notes. <laughs> but uh, there's been a, a big story in television going on over the past few months, culminating last night. And again, I wish I could say more. Ken has a lot to say. Yeah, you know, it's probably, it's interesting because we're going to get into like 2014 and, and the big stories, uh, you know, in all areas of pop culture. But it's interesting that this happened last night. And, and to be perfectly honest, this was one of the reasons, you know, we were scheduling the show. We generally go first Tuesday of, of every month. But it, it was so close to the end of Sons of Anarchy. Um, that I just thought, you know, seven-year run, it's a big show, it's got a big-time cult following, to, to just miss the end like that and, and do, you know, essentially do the show with just two episodes left, and holy cow, what two episodes they were. Um, you know, it just, it just we wouldn't be doing our job here on the show to, to, to let that go. So it was like, let's delay it a little bit. Let's do it on the, rather than the first Tuesday, the second Wednesday, because, you know, we're we're free. We don't get paid, but you know we can do what we want. Which right. is so it's 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 a there's a plus and minus here. Yeah, Ken suggested um, that we hold off. I said, I believe you. I I believe <laughs> that you're right about this. He's called this uh, the best TV show of all time. It's it's close. I, I mean, the one thing I will say in in my lifetime, and you know, it's tough when you you know you start to rank shows, and and you know when you look at shows. You have to look at historical significance when you really start to do like a definitive list. But there's like your your best of all time list that's like an official list, and then there's like your list of your personal kind of favorites. Yeah, and, and what and, you've experienced. Yes, and and th- there's a couple things. I mean, first off, the, the, as far as dramas go, um, I was a huge fan of Oz uh, back in, in the '90s. Huge Twenty Four fan. Uh, Sons is right there for me. I mean, it, in my lifetime, it's it's a top three show. Um, the writing, phenomenal. Um, the one thing that, you know, strikes me with this show, and I do think a lot of writers should probably take notes from, from Kurt Suter. It, you know, what, I, what I've noticed on TV a lot is there are shows that um, seem to, you know, almost, hey, look, we got renewed. All right, well, I guess we need to write more. 
And, you know, and it's like, oh, yeah, the ratings went down. Oh, they're canceling us. We have to write a final season. And and so at times that writing becomes spotty. It, it, it becomes forced. Uh, there's certain shows that it looks like it loses direction. Uh, kudos to Kurt Suter, who after season four, I believe, said, I'm going seven. I'm going seven seasons. I'm writing to seven. And so he had a clear-cut story arc to get to the end. Uh, so it was almost like, I mean, you could almost make the case that it really wasn't, you know, the last, was it season four, five, six, seven. So it wasn't like three seasons. It literally was, you know, like one huge season that he, his, the story arc just, just worked from there. And to be able, you almost think that as a writer, you, I wouldn't be, it wouldn't shock me if Kurt Suter wrote backwards and knew the finale and just backtracked everything. And you know, um, it's, it's funny cause that doesn't always work and I'm glad to hear it did. And from what I've read through social media, nobody is unhappy with what they've done over the past seasons, this season, few weeks. But shows like, and I enjoyed the ends and the finales, but Sopranos and Lost, they had their definitive, this is how many seasons will go. The people had the chance, the writers had the chance to do things exactly the way they wanted. And a lot of people would say that they dropped the ball, whereas here it seems like nobody thinks that they did, that everything was done, you know, perfectly. So, Go ahead, Ken. By the way, of course, if you didn't watch it, you don't want to hear what went on, well, tune out for a couple of minutes. But, but keep, keep it on just so we got the hits. Like right. walk into another room, but yeah. keep the show running. Um, you know, I mean, it was, there was a lot of Shakespearean elements to it. Um, you know, I, I, I do think that, uh, you know, it's one of those shows that, you know, I, they should give out awards for casting because the, the casting across the board was, was just absolutely phenomenal. They nailed... Uh, you know, every part, you know, to the point where like, I mean, a show that, that, you know, winds up casting Courtney Love as a school teacher. Um, you, you have uh, Marilyn Manson as, as a white supremacist, uh, Malcolm Jamal Warner as a gangbanger. I mean, you know, very unique casting, um, but made it all work. And, and the regulars were all phenomenal. Um, I just thought everything about, uh, you know, spoiler alert now, but, um, you know, basically at the end of last season, uh, the lead characters, uh, Katie Seagal, who played Gemma, killed her son's wife and then tried to peg it on someone else. And this season was Jax, her son, seeking revenge on the people that he thought uh, killed his wife and then created just an absolute cluster F that... Uh, you know he he couldn't get out of it. and there was a, there's a lot of religious imagery at the end uh Jax's character um albeit a tragic end um you know it was very it was very religious so to speak in in a way that uh you know Jack sacrificed himself uh for the good of everyone he cared about and uh it was just it was a it was a very uh poignant end uh, it worked, and and for me, honestly, and no exaggeration, it probably was the greatest last season I've ever watched, and I'd have to really think about it, but it, it's definitively for me one of the best uh, last episodes I've ever seen. It just and the last two weeks, if you want to count that as almost like one big movie. Uh, the last two weeks are some of the best television you'll ever want to see, and it, and it, it it I enjoyed it to the point where I've I've started episode one again, like I've gone back on Netflix and I've started the show over again because now I want to 
look, go back and 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 look up cues of things and clues and uh, you know follow the characters again. But just uh, you know, can't say enough positive. And I, and I think you know it, it's been a good era of TV. Yeah. Um, you know, over the past decade or so, I mean, the, the influx of of reality shows happened, and then somewhere along the line. Uh, scripted TV was just like, wait, 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 we're, we're still here. And, and some really quality programming uh, started to come out. And, and for me, I know that Sons had a, a, a cult following and, you know, there wasn't a lot of mainstream success and not a lot of uh, people got awards on that show. But to me, um, by far the best show on television. Um, I know this. I'm a big Walking Dead fan. A lot of people love it. I, I think Sons is better than Walking Dead. Um, it just was an absolute phenomenal run, and, and I there's not a positive I could say about the show. And I highly recommend it. If you didn't watch it, go back. Uh, it's streaming on Netflix. Get the DVDs. Do something. But it was just it was absolutely an incredible show. An incredible last episode. I it's funny. Right before you said it, what popped into my head was that this really is the the new golden age of television and to me i'm just happy to see that there's another show that adds to the high quality of tv across the board because i'm i'm a big fan of the the medium in general and uh so i i was thinking the same thing happy to hear it i tried to even read up a little bit on what happened in the finale and how things wrapped up and it just didn't it didn't make enough sense to me. I thought about going back and watching it if I ever find the time. But uh, you know, obviously big news. And I wouldn't I wouldn't at all diminish what the show is just because it's not highly rated. It's on uh on cable and not on one of the biggest cable channels, and yet huge following, not even just a cult following, but it's it's big for cable and uh you know big show and i'm happy to hear that it uh it wrapped up nicely Ken. and it was weird because like the the ending the only criticism i heard from certain people and sometimes i think people just have to say something bad you know they they said it, the, the ending was predictable and um albeit you know i don't think anyone could have predicted exactly how it ended yeah i saw that end coming i, I did see it coming um but you know I, I think when you when you criticize something just based on that, a predictability is not like not, everything doesn't have to have a surprise ending. Right. Everything doesn't have to have this this tremendous twist at the end that you're like, oh my god, I didn't see that. I mean, you know, I mean, the greatest story ever told. That good movie. You know, Jesus is getting crucified at the end. I mean. You know the end. There's there's historical. You can watch Lincoln. He's going to get shot in the theater at the no, end. No, wait. You just spoiled that for me. Sorry. I did it again. But you know what I mean? Like, just so you, you kind of see it coming does not necessarily mean it's bad because that was – if you watched the show and you understood the character and you knew all the, the things that were going on at the time, well, to me, understanding what Jax was all about, there really was only one outcome for him. And and so I don't think that's necessarily bad writing. I think it would have been bad writing to create a twist where there really didn't need to be one. They Jax did what Jax needed to do at the end. He stayed true to his character. Um, I, I thought the end was, was perfect for that character. Um, it was interesting. One of the things that Kurt Suter said, and I don't know if this was kind of a dig at the Sopranos, but he did say at the end that there was discussion about just fading to black. 
And he said because of the nature of the show and how the show has been, and the show has been in your face for the seven years, and it doesn't you know, leave a lot up to the imagination. It is, this is a, a violent world. Uh, this is a world where, where people don't live very long. Um, you know, a lot of backstabbing, first figuratively and literally. Uh, it's just a rough, rough world. And they didn't leave a lot of artistic interpretation. If someone was to be killed, not only were they killed, they were killed brutally and mercilessly. So it was one of those things where Kurt Suter said, I, I decided creatively that not, I'm not going to fade to black. We're going to... We're going to let the, the audience know really definitively what happens in the very end. And uh, to me, it worked, and I think he made the right choice artistically. So kudos to, to Kurt Suter and everyone involved in Sons, but I, I just thought it was absolutely phenomenal. That does sound like a little bit of a dig at the Sopranos. It did, didn't it? <laughs> and, and by the way... And I wouldn't put it past Kurt yeah. Suter to do that. I just I want to let you know, by the way, I was just kidding. I did see Lincoln, and so I, I because I saw the movie, I already knew how it was going to turn Okay. And and then the whole like vampire hunting thing that he no, like, wait. which I you know who knew that was yeah. an interesting movie different movie hold on that was a different movie <laughs> am I confusing the two now yeah yeah you know I, I can't wait for Pride Prejudice and Zombies to come out <laughs> movies but uh, you know we'll save that discussion for another day oh uh, awesome twelve years of zombie <laughs> oh man that's wrong oh geez yeah it was wrong anyway let's get so kudos to Sons um, one thing you know that we got, speaking of movies. Um, and since uh, our last uh, show, before we get into like dissecting and what we thought about it, I gotta ask you, Todd, were you like a kid? I, I mean, I know you don't celebrate Christmas, but were you like a kid on Christmas morning, knowing that the Star Wars trailer was about to be released? Oh my God! Before it came out, when it came out. Anxiously awaiting, checking on the internet at 12.01 a.m. Oh, man. And just when is it going to happen? I was so excited. And by the way, a kid at Christmas, sort of, you know, I I hacked the saying, actually, let's make sure to keep the Han in Hanukkah. (laughs) And and so certainly was a nice holiday present for me. Oh, my God. I was so excited. How many times did I watch that thing in a row and then go back and show each of my kids and then. Online, you didn't see it yet, and dissecting it as you said, and and we have to get into that because uh, there was so much great stuff. There were a couple of interesting things, a couple of controversial things, and it's amazing what we'll be able to discuss out of eighty-eight seconds. Yeah, I mean, it was. I, I was the same way. I mean, twelve oh one. You know, my girlfriend. I'm in bed. She's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm on the phone." Like, I'm gonna see the Star Wars trailer came out, and and uh, you know, it was funny because I I went over the course of the day. I just needed to keep going bigger. So I, I watched it first on my phone, and then I was like, I gotta watch this on my computer. So ran into into my, my office and like watched it on the computer, and was like, wait a second, I have Hulu. Right. Ran out there, you know, downloaded or whatever, signed up for the YouTube channel, watched it again on my TV, which is 52 inches. That night, went to a friend's house for like a little holiday gathering. And he has like a 60-inch TV. He's like, yeah, we got to watch it again. So just kept like yeah. upgrading. I, I, I should have gone to the movies and just like watched it one more time. But um, yeah, I, you know, it, it was funny like as we, we go into the, the trailer and, uh, you know, get away from And it's good because I watched it, I mean, I don't know how many hundreds of times. And like it was one of those things like after I kept going bigger, it was like every chance I got, it was like, Oh, let me put my phone out. I'm gonna watch Star Wars trailer again, you know, just to. Yep. So I, I've watched it enough times to, to I guess, effectively dissect it. The one thing I want to ask you, yeah, and it, it kind of, it's going into the trailer. 
for me, I was I I can't wait to see Luke, Han, Leia. I can't wait to see them in, in the trailer. I can't wait to see Luke with the beard. I can't wait, you know, Luke is an old Jedi. I can't wait to see all that. Um, you know, like after the trailer was done, I, I thought they did a real nice job. They showed you that there's going to be some new characters that are going to be coming at you in this movie. Um, the trailer actually turned my opinion around, and I'm at the point now where I don't want to see any of them until the movie comes out. I want th- them to be hidden from me, and then the first time like I see Luke again, the first time I see Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker again, is, is when that movie re- is released. I thought they did enough to whet the appetite. I mean, you know, not to, not to quote Ric Flair, but with a tear in my eye, when, when, when the Millennium Falcon came, it. oh my God. And that was enough to whet my appetite as far as you showed us the new, and then we got a Millennium Falcon and TIE Fighters, I'm good. I'm yeah. good now. I can hold off. I'm curious, like, your thoughts on, on the, the old characters not being in the trailer? Well, first of all, to me, that was the, the one thing that confirmed this was the real trailer, because there were some fakes out there beforehand. Some good ones, by the way. Some, some very real good, good ones. Fooled me. One, one got me. Yeah, there were trailers. There was great fan art about the posters and everything, but, yeah, that was the, the first thing. And then, of course, seeing a couple of the new actors who I recognized pop up, I was thinking, I mean trying to put aside the, the absolute joy that you know I was experiencing while watching it, I did think a couple of times, wait, where are they? But first we got the images of Stormtroopers, and that was cool. And then we had the X-Wings, and I went, oh, my God, X-Wings. And then it was that, you know, right at the end, the Millennium Falcon, and like you said, that did it. And then when it passed the TIE Fighters, and you're like, oh, man, this thing is not over. Yeah. This thing is yeah, over. Yeah. Wow. Nothing is over. <laughs> yeah, the, and the narration. You know, the narration was great. The darkness. And then the pause. Like, and the light. Outstanding. I mean, it was just... Yeah. Uh, Andy Andy Circus. you know, who we've talked about a couple times on the show in different roles. And he has more roles than that in Star Wars, in, in the new Star Wars. But, yeah, the narration was outstanding. That was one, of course, a thread throughout that I absolutely loved. And that darkness and light thing and we'll get to the lightsaber let's get a couple of other things and then we'll talk about the lightsaber because that was very controversial <laughs> uh narration was awesome i want to bring up one of my favorite things the soccer ball droid <laughs> I, I first saw it and my first reaction was what and then and it was cool it was like everything's running away from something you know you got uh, daisy ridley on her her awesome little land speeder yeah that was cool and then that droid speeding away but then i realized wow R2 droids are really limited in their mobility, and this thing could be like an all-terrain R2. And I thought, very cool. I like that idea. And I started wondering about the, the engineering aspects of it and <laughs> how the heck the head stays on and, and what kind of forces could be at play. But I liked the image and where at first I said, is this a little silly? And then I, I decided, no, hell no, nothing is in this thing. It's, it's all dead serious and awesome. I gotta tell you, yeah, I did get a kick out of the droid, and I got to tell you, a side note: being so excited that Star Wars is coming out, I have been teaching my parakeet how to sound like R two, and he's getting it. He's getting it. The thing is, he's such a, a, a trickster, a little pain in my butt. Whenever I grab my phone to record him, he clams up. Oh, I thought you were gonna... he's like the frog, you know, from uh, the Warner Brothers. Yeah, yeah. Like, like really, he sounds like R two. Oh, he's shut up again. I thought you were going to tell me that instead he was doing three PO. 
<laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> but anyway, I, yeah, you're right. Like there's there's a sense of panic uh, initially in 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 the trailer that you know, especially I mean, uh, just begins and the uh, the stormtrooper uh, you know pops up and you know maybe he's on Tatooine, maybe it's a different desert planet, but he he obviously looks pretty panicked. Um, I agree with you. It, it it definitely showed that like you know it's not over. You know right. the conflict is not over. Um, I I love the way they they were able to mix the old and the new and you know what I liked about seeing this and and granted we're right here on this show like we're not haters of chapters one two and three but you know to be fair uh, it almost seemed like you know George Lucas kind of you know discovered CGI and he was a kid with a new toy and maybe maybe used it a little too much Uh, there were scenes that like you know, maybe I can understand where people say it was a little too cartoony. You know, there was a, uh, you know, too much with the CGI, and I and I can understand that criticism. Um, it didn't bother me uh, per se, but what I liked about the, the new trailer is it had almost like the perfect mix of, you know, up to date special effects and that old, you know, original trilogy Star Wars look about it. Um, just the the way the shots were were done, you know, it's not just the X-wing fighter, but the X-wing fighter over water and watching the water kind of spraying up as it's right. like, you know, we've never seen really an X-wing fighter flying like that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the Millennium Falcon, not just, you know, I mean, again, heart like beating a mile a minute, goosebumps, you know, lump in my throat when when the Millennium Falcon comes out, but it's not it's not even just the shot of the Millennium Falcon, it's the maneuvers, and then how it, it it's skimming along the sand, and the sand is billowing out from underneath it as it flies by, and then the TIE fighters come in. So it's, right. you know, the, I just thought what it showed you in, in, in like you're saying, 88 seconds, is is that J.J. Abrams is doing a real nice job at, at uh, mixing the old and the new and, and staying true to the, the trilogy, but giving Star Wars fans... Uh, what appears to be something that we're we're really really going to enjoy. I mean, I I had my you know the the rumors of the trailer. I mean, one of the rumors that I had heard was flashes of like the older characters, and uh, then you know someone saying wake up and it's Luke and he was having like a nightmare. And I was expecting a trailer that was going to give us next to nothing. I really was. I was expecting like a teaser trailer. Um, you know, maybe we get out of someone somewhere, but I really expected nothing. As excited as I was to see it, um, once I saw it, phenomenal job by everyone involved. I, I thought the trailer was incredible. The worst part, is, worst part now is waiting a year. Yeah. Speaking of Luke and the little wake-up thing, I was wondering, when I saw that dark character stumbling away and then the red lightsaber light up, and then the little side lightsabers light up. That was awesome. Is that Luke Skywalker? That was a question that popped into my head. Because of the rumors of his exile, self, self-exile and you know, potential conflict and great power, and the fact that this it wasn't exactly a Dagobah look, but it was you know, kind of dark in lots of the trees. It, wasn't, it was more foresty than swampy. Uh, wow, real geek alert there. <laughs> but, but I wondered whether it was or not. And speaking of the, the lightsaber, I agree it looked awesome. I, I was so excited. When those things popped out, I was like, oh, that is so cool. Because we got, we got different things. We got the uh, double-sided lightsaber from Darth Maul, right? And, you know, the, the updating of the original trilogy, the double-sided one. Then we got, like, uh, 
what's his name? General Grievous spinning four of them at once. Yoda and his little lightsaber theatrics. And even on, in the animated show now, we've got uh, the Inquisitor and his rotating double-sided lightsaber. So this thing popped. I'm like, something new. Looked really cool. And then the internet went crazy saying, this is really stupid. It makes no sense. And I started reading all the comments. Well, okay. My thought was it's there to protect. And, and another thought of why it's Luke. Seems like that's there. It's not really going to be used as a weapon. You're not going to get close enough to someone to use these little things as a weapon. It seemed like it was defensive to me. And who would want to protect their hand more than Luke Skywalker? Well played, sir. Well played. That's a good point. So that's what I was thinking. And people were saying, that doesn't make sense. Because if someone cuts through the side, lightsabers, as we've seen, the hilt can be cut, like Darth Maul's was. So if you can cut through the hilt, you can cut through this little thing on the side. And therefore, it's no protection whatsoever. It's a danger to the guy's hand just having it there. And then other people said, well, it could be made out of one of those few, and they were naming these materials that have been mentioned in the extended universe that are impervious to lightsabers. And then, after a few days, Stephen Colbert came out with the perfect explanation. I don't know if you saw this. You know, I heard about it, but I, I didn't have a chance to watch it. So it, it's, it's worth it, Let us know. Like, what, 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 what did he say? Made perfect sense to me. Um, so he said it's not that these two extra little lightsabers are emanating from the, uh, the what do you call it? The, not the, the hilt, the, the hilt, cross, the handle. The handle. The handle. They're not emanating from those Layman's two, terms. two side handles. <laughs> <laughs> but they're actually coming from the same main beam as the full lightsaber. Those two handles on the side are just there to protect the user's hand from the beam of the lightsaber. But they're emanating from the same beam. So if someone were to get their lightsaber to slide down towards the, the wielder's hand and cut through the, the, the hilt, the material that the actual hilt is made out of, they would still hit lightsaber. And therefore, it is protection. It protects the guy's hand, and it's protection against a lightsaber coming down and slicing through. And that made so much sense to me. That that's what I'm going with until I see otherwise. That, I mean, that's you know, that's how I took it honestly. Like I, you know, I thought it was it was a protection. The other thing also, you know, it looks cool. Yeah. So get over yourselves, <laughs> geek them. Um, you know, I mean, sometimes you can overthink things. And, but the one thing with J.J. Abrams um, that that I think that we're we're gonna get, I, I would bet money, we're we're gonna get something in this movie where that's gonna come into play. He, he's going to block a blow with that. There's going to be a reason where he's going to do something where that's going to come into play, and we're going to go, oh, 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 yeah. oh, okay. Of course, we'll find out why. It's not yeah. going to be just for show. It will come into play, just like all these previous incarnations of the lightsaber did. So I agree with you. I want to ask you something, Ken. Have you seen any of the parodies, the other versions that have come out since the trailer? I'm going to rattle a few off because... Some of these were great. First, The first thing I saw was the Lego versions of the trailer. I did see that. And those were very cool, done you know, in a day or two. Then there were a couple of, there was the George Lucas version. And I don't know if you heard this. Very <laughs> weird. George Lucas said he didn't watch the trailer. He has no interest in the trailer. He wants to see it when it comes out in the movies, which really surprised me and almost elated me a little bit that he doesn't have so much to do with the movie. Right. But, uh, you know, it's his universe. Um but let him stay away from the storytelling. So did you see the George Lucas version? I, I got a kick out of that. It was fun. And again, like, you know, you and I, we don't hate on, on uh, you know, the newer versions. I don't, I, don't, I don't hate on 
I mean, I, I, I can understand some of the criticism, but I don't, I don't know. It's tough for me sometimes because it, it's his story, and if he decided to change certain things because he had an original ver- vision, right? I, you know, I, I'm kind of as an artist, I can kind of all right, I get it, but I, I did find it pretty hilarious. Then there was the Michael Bay version and the Wes Anderson version. Those I did not see. Uh, so the Michael Bay version was just a lot of random explosions and additional weaponry and thrown in to what the trailer looked like. The Wes Anderson version was just hilarious. It turned the trailer into a trailer for a Wes Anderson art film. And it was it was great with the, the same on-screen uh, fonts and the, the French writing. and turn, it, That was really funny. I definitely recommend you checking that out. Um, and then the, the most recent one was what Saturday Night Live did, um, which was, hey, let's put the original characters in it as well. And, by the way, Taron Killam, who did the Harrison Ford, was outstanding. But it was basically all one big joke on how old everyone's gotten. And some of them, you know, really funny. They were hit and miss. But uh, So a lot of parodies out there as well. And that's always fun to see. It just means that this thing is huge. And if you thought that Kim Kardashian's ass broke the Internet, no, it's the Star Wars trailer that broke the Internet. Yeah, it just I, I mean, it's, 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 shut up. <laughs> I mean, just stop. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I just couldn't have... I've been happier. I mean, really, you know, when I looked at the 88 seconds, I was like, we're not going to get much of anything. And uh, really, I mean, you know, to a fault, wet the appetite. I, like I said earlier, the, the only negative to come out of this is uh, the fact that we got to wait till next year to, to see this. I mean, and, and I'm just I, I mean, for me, I don't know about you, but the, the minute tickets go on sale. I mean, I'd buy a ticket now if I could. Right. You know, the minute it goes on sale, I, I'm going to be there. Um, I, you know, when when episode one came out, I saw episode one three times opening day. Wow. Um, so it may it may be kind of one of those kind of deals again. Yep. But I I'm elated. I just can't wait. Yeah, I agree. And by the way, for those of you that don't know, we are supposed to get another uh, full trailer in six months. So the full year for the movie, but with Avengers 2, uh, another trailer, maybe beforehand, but at least six months from now, we'll see some more. Craziness. Let's go out to the phones. We talked a little uh, Sons of Anarchy. We talked uh, some some Star Wars trailer. What else? Did we talk about anything else? No, that's no, it, no, man. It's, 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 it's been good a, stuff. It's been, it's been a good half hour. Let's go to the phones. We got uh, Dank is on the line. Dank. But, uh, Dank, how you doing? I'm doing good, gentlemen. How are you guys doing? We are doing all right. What do you got for us tonight? Oh, well, um, you guys touched a lot. Uh, I've, I know you're going to shun me. I have never watched Sons of, Sons of Anarchy. I do apologize. I'm still working on Breaking Bad. So I'm a little behind the times. And if they stop coming up with really good um, DC shows on television, I would have more time to catch up on past shows. Um, I take it neither of you have seen uh, Arrow tonight. Seen what? Sorry, I kind of broke up there a little bit. Oh, uh, sorry. Either of you have seen Arrow tonight, like the um, winter finale? <laughs> the winter finale of? Arrow. Oh, Arrow. 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 Thank you. <laughs> um, no, I haven't. You know, honestly, um, Arrow still so, is one of those shows um, that... Uh, I've been meaning to go back and trying to give another chance, but it didn't grab me. Um, but your your thoughts, uh, winter finale? What'd you think of it? Um, I liked it. 
Um, I'm not going to spoil it in case anybody's listening that has watched it yet. I don't know how they're going to continue the show, but they left it off really good. Uh, The Flash was the same way. They finally introduced a major character from the world of The Flash, and um, um, we'll see how they portray it from then on out. Uh, What else finished this week? Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Yep. They introduced, I don't know if you guys watched that or not. I did. It was they, a great mid-season finale. Go on. Um, yeah, they, they finally introduced the uh, the characters that we had been waiting on, and characters that have been in part of the show since the beginning, which we thought were just going to be side characters, have now taken center stage. So um, for once, I'm really happy the way that shows are finishing off, leaving because there's some which are like kind of like really you couldn't go in extra five minutes and just do a little, little bit of a better job but um, as far as the Star Wars trailer I personally loved it um, it's not like as you guys know by now I'm a movie buff I love movies I could do anything about movies all day long get bored and I'll you know forget when it came to Star Wars I woke up that Friday morning. The first thing I did was get online and go look for that trailer because I, I get on Christmas morning. I don't know if there's anything I, that like there have been things that have exploded on the internet, lots of things, but I don't know if anything was ever as hotly anticipated to be on the internet than this Star Wars trailer ever. Yeah, because even, even like, um, what was it, like the Jurassic World tried because it came out, like, I think, like, the week before, and they had a trailer to announce the trailer. Right. And it's like, yes. okay, first of all, who does that? Like, that was just kind of like, I don't know, my flipping, I thought it was stupid. Um, but even the Jurassic World kind of, like, did not catch it. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm one of those people that I've been waiting for a, a new Jurassic movie. But even then, I, I forgot. I forgot that he was that he came out until I saw it on Facebook, and I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot. Star Wars, like I almost set my heart up to where it's like, no, I'm not forgetting about this. Um, what else? Oh, Ken, 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 Ken. And I told you I was gonna call you out on it if you did not touch up on it, and you haven't touched <laughs> on it, and you know what's coming. So please. <laughs> Give us your review of Frozen. <laughs> Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> uh, uh, you know what? I mean, I got to be honest with you. Um, I enjoyed it. I, I babysat my nieces, so uh, it was it was a Frozen kind of evening. Um, um, I thought it was good. I, I thought it was enjoyable. Uh, but to be honest with you, um, I, I didn't – look, I get it, girls, sisters, so that's why, you know, little girls have gone gaga over this. Um, for me, as far as Disney movies, um, you know, the, the newer, quote, classics, uh, Lion King, Aladdin, uh, Little Mermaid, uh, to me, all superior to uh, Frozen, um, and then – the classic classics, uh, again, all superior to Frozen. So, uh, you know, I might put Frozen somewhere in that middle ground. Again, enjoyable. I found it entertaining. I, 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 I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I hated it. I mean, it was, it was a fun movie. 
But uh, I, I would I would have to say objectively, I I, I think all those other movies are, are superior to Frozen. You know, I think you're right too. But don't forget, those other movies are 20 years old. It's another generation already. Hard to real, you know, hard to believe. But that's 20 years ago. The Little Mermaid and the Lion yes. King and all that. So I thought it was a very good Disney movie as well. Um, I it didn't really light my heart of fire. Let it go. Those are the only words I know that song's going. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Um, last couple of things. Um, unfortunately, the hobby hasn't come out yet, but I'm looking forward to when it finally comes out. Go out and watch it. And I don't know if you guys know or not, but Batman versus Superman has officially finished filming. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, so that's going to be the next big trailer that's going to be coming out. We don't, there's no date for it yet. We don't know when or where it's going to pop up. Um, you just got me a little excited like that. about that. <laughs> I well, having found out what I found out, I am because there was a little tidbit about the movie that I was not aware of, which I don't. With any, there's a spoiler coming up. So, but apparently it's after the death of Gordon. Yes, I was not aware thing. of it. So I just found out like a couple of days ago, which I'm like, oh, now it really got interesting because um, Batman doesn't have his own, his, his little protege that, you know, can, so how is it going to go? But we'll see. Last thing, since we're talking about the, the series now, and this is something you guys could post on the Facebook page. What do to each to each story? Maybe top five series finale episodes of all time. Ah, good. I, I, I will post it right now. Yeah. Good question. Me is- personally, I like my top one because I watched every episode of it, and just because I'm the hopeless romantic that I am. I love how they ended Friends. And to me, it was just great. Like, nothing has topped it yet. But that's just me. I I loved it. I'm on board with you there. Anyway. It's um, on there. It's on the Facebook. You guys? Huh? It's on there. I posted it on the Facebook. See what people say. Okay. Well, I'm going to let you guys go. But uh, if I don't talk to you guys, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Stay safe, and we'll talk next month. Sounds good, Dank. Thanks a lot for the call. Talk to you, Dank. You're very welcome. Bye. Good stuff from Dank, as always, keeping us uh, thought-provoking. Yeah, I can't wait for the... uh, Batman versus Superman trailer, and I, I, I do, you know, that, it's not a, it's out there on the internet. I mean, I, I think it's an interesting dynamic that uh, it'll be post Gordon's death. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you're gonna have a Batman that's really a loner at, at this point. So, uh, you know, an intriguing dynamic. It is one of those interesting things because in the comic books, I mean, you can just write comics and you can, you know, separate things. Oh, now Batman's doing this. And, and you know, in, in his Batman comic, he's doing this. And in Justice League, he's doing this. But if you're trying to make the, the things mesh as, as a character, um, you know, like, if 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 Batman was cool with, with Commissioner Gordon and that was their, their team and they're working on Gotham and they're cool, uh, you know, why would Batman think, hey, I'm going to hook up with the Justice League? So it does add that dynamic that, uh, 
you know, psychologically speaking, uh, Batman, you know, needing something or missing something in his life. Uh, obviously, it's going to be a, a darker, even more bitter Batman. Um, intriguing. Looking forward to that trailer. Yeah. And by the way, another tidbit of news before we move on. I don't know if you heard this, but in the last uh, few days, it was announced that a la Gotham, uh, there's going to be a series uh, based on the pre-Superman days on Krypton. Yeah, that's, that's you know, as, as I don't know about that. No. Because I heard it's going to be like, it's going to be Superman's grandfather. Like, it's not even... It's not even Jor-El. It's, it's some other L. No, it's not going to be Superman. Grandpa L. Right. The, Gotham is Batman-related. We're yes. seeing young Batman. We're seeing young Gordon. We're seeing the criminals. This will not be anything like what we know about Superman. It will simply be a story on Krypton about you know maybe the events that led to the uh, self-destruction of Krypton and the the criminals. Well, maybe the criminals that we saw, you know, General Zod and you know his... His well, depending story. on how long it goes and where right. they're going, because, you know, I mean, Jor-El and Zod are kind of contemporaries of each other. So, right. you know, you figure they're at least around the same age. So, 12-year-old Zod. <laughs> are they going to have that 12-year-old Zod and 12-year-old Jor-El on the playground? <laughs> With, without superpowers. Right. No. I, I don't know. Like, it's just... It's, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just kind of... I. I don't, like I want to believe. I want. I'm a geek at heart. You know. I want. I want to believe that that's going to be good. But when when I read it, I was like, Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know if that's really the the best. Let's just go. I mean, we we've had a back in time Superman show. You know, we we did Smallville. Right. You know, I don't think we need another like you know farther back in the in the Superman you know lineage. Hey, Gotham's doing great. You know, let's do the same thing for Superman. And maybe they made a wrong turn on that one. You think? Quite possibly, but who knows? We'll see what happens. Let's go back out of the phones. So we got Mikey is on the line. Mike, are you there? Yes, guys. How are you doing tonight? Doing all right. How are you? <laughs> how you doing, Mike? Are right, you there, Mike? All right, Mike, we might have a bad connection, so I'm going to let you go because uh, we can't hear you, so I'm going to hang up. Uh, give us a call back. We'll get you back on. Don't know what happened to Mike. I don't know. What happened to Mike? <laughs> I'm sure he'll be back. Uh, Ken, we've been talking about this being our year-end show and uh, some of the best stuff that's that's gone on in the year, some of our favorite events of the year. Um, you know, unfortunately, when we were looking back at the year, there were a couple of, uh, not a couple, a, a number of sad things that happened. And I'm talking about the celebrity deaths that, you know, have really inundated us over the past year. And uh, it, it's, you know, a bitter start to the year in review, but it's something we, we should mention and maybe kind of get out of the way and then go happier. Yeah, I mean, it was just one of those things where, you know, I was going through stuff and, and you know, again, our year-end show and trying to think of the, the biggest stories of uh, 2014. And, you know, a lot of times when there's celebrity deaths, there's, you know, there there's, uh, you know, a lot of people you've never heard of, uh you know, producers, behind-the-scenes type guys, and then there's, you know, um, you know, maybe one or two that you that are household names. And this has been one of those years. And and I'm just gonna name a few. Again, all respect to everybody uh, in entertainment who passed on uh, in, in 2014. Uh, I didn't want this to be, uh, you know, too morbid. But as I started to go through the list and people I forgot that passed away this year, um, you know, I mean, obviously Robin Williams, Joan Rivers, Phil, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Lauren Bacall, Harold Ramis, Jan Hooks, and B. Davis. 
You know, Alice from from uh, Brady Bunch, Casey Kasem, James Garner, Sid Caesar, Shirley Temple, Mickey Rooney. Uh, just a you know a veritable who's who Hollywood list. And uh, it, it you know as far as Hollywood goes, it got hit pretty hard um, this year as far as people who passed away. And uh, you know, as I said earlier, you know all those individuals there, household names. And again, rest in peace. Um, but as of late, someone who, you know, just as influential, if not more, maybe not a household name, uh, Mike Nichols passed away recently. Uh, tremendous body of work from him. Yeah, you know, he's he's one of those rare, uh, for those of you who don't know the term, the EGOT winners. One of only about a dozen people who have won in their lifetime an Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony Award. And, you know, he didn't just do one of each. This guy, I mean, first of all, he started his career with uh, a few comedy albums with Elaine May and won a Grammy for one of them. Um, he, he then moved to Broadway, and his first three Broadway productions, he won Best Director, which is amazing. Barefoot in the Park, uh, Love, The Odd Couple, and went on to such an illustrious Broadway career uh, winning again for Plaza Suite for one close to Kent's Heart, The Prisoner of Second Avenue. Um, he did, he directed Annie and Death and the Maiden, Spamalot, uh, Death of a Salesman just a couple of years ago, won, I think, nine Tony Awards for directing on Broadway. Uh, amazing career. And of course, and, and Emmy Awards for directing uh, Wit and then a really, really big miniseries, Angels in America. And and then his his film career, which people are probably most familiar with. If they don't know the name, they know his work, you know, so intimately. Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, The Graduate, for which he won his Oscar, Carnal Knowledge, Silkwood, Biloxi Buse, Working Girl, and I'm skipping around here, but um, Postcards from the Edge, Regarding Henry, The Birdcage, Primary Colors, more recently uh, Closer and Charlie Wilson's War. Such a body of work, and he's not the big name, but he's, he's the name behind some outstanding movies. And again, across the board, across so many, I mean, talk about a king of all media, man. This guy really did it all, and it's a tremendous loss for Hollywood, for, for Broadway, and for all of us. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, if, if you don't know the name, I mean, it's it's impressive. If nothing else, you know, say go research, go look, just go look at his Wikipedia I mean, just just go online and look at Mike Nichols' Wikipedia. It's it's astounding. It really is astounding. Um, everything that that he was involved in, and a guy you know whose career, like you said, spanned from The Graduate to Charlie Wilson's War. I mean, just a you know incredible talent. A guy who had a, a very long standing career, as you said, in, in all walks of of entertainment, and uh, definitely an, another. Uh, huge loss for the Hollywood community. You know, it's funny. I had to do what you said. I, I went to IMDb. I said, let's check out, you know, all that he did. I, I knew a lot of his work in, in film, but then I said, I can't just use the Internet Movie Database. He's done so much more. I had to go to his Wikipedia page because he has had so much more to offer than just his film work. So, you know, uh, rest in peace, Mike Nichols. Uh, we'll miss you. Yeah, just an incredible loss. And that's, again, you know, it's a shame because then we're going to get into like some of the, you know, the bigger, happier stories of 2014. But, um, you know, that, that might be the biggest story, like the, how, how hard hit Hollywood was uh, this year as far as just all-time greats 
uh, passing. And one of the things we talked about, uh, you know, on the show, you know, with people like Lauren Bacall and Mickey Rooney and uh, even like a Mike Nichols, you know, this this tie that we've had to this this past era of 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 uh, great Hollywood. Um, you know, slowly but surely, we're losing that. We're losing those people that that were tied to that era, and and, and that's that's sad to lose that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So let's um, it's it's always a rough transition. Go, go ahead. I'm going to change it up. You ready? Here comes the good stuff. <laughs> you know what? You know who's great to like. We're going to try again because we got Mike on the line. Let's see if we can uh, get us into a happier place and uh, let's talk about some stuff in. Uh, the entertainment world. Mike, are you there now? Yes, I am. How's it going, right, guys? Let's try that again. No, no problem. I don't know what happened there, but uh, what do you got for us tonight? What do you want to talk about? First, I wanted to say hi again. Hi to Ken and hi to Todd. Um, for some strange reason, my cell phone, it keeps on, I keep on hitting the mute button somehow. Oh. Here. I don't know how, how that happened, so I, I fixed the, um, the problem. Um, I want to talk about Suns. Yeah, I, uh, oh my God, it was so good last night, and uh, I'm I'm happy the way it ended. Um, you know, I'm sad the way it ended. I'm happy because, you know, Jack did what he was supposed to do. He smoked all his enemies. He left every enemy that he had laying. Um, you know, and and for me, I've watched this show since it's it's birthed. And we've been on a crazy ride. You know, if I could use that cliche, it was, it was a ride. I felt like I was one of them, you know. And Kirk's a genius. And uh, and just ever, the whole cast was, was excellent. You know, bringing in Marilyn Manson, bringing in, um, bringing in uh, Michael Chellis. Just, you know, I mean, this is, this is, this is how it, it's just, just I can't, words can't even describe how how happy I you know am the way the show ended and um, you know hey you know it, it kind of reminded me of the movie The Devil's Rejects at the end um, the way they went on a you know they went on a chase um, but uh, hey you know Jacks uh, Charlie Hunnam is a great actor and he's going to be in movies and and uh, Kurt. I'm sure it's going to be writing some more stuff uh, for FX. And, uh, you know, they made FX a household name because now more and more shows are going to be on FX. And uh, it was just brilliant. What did you think about it, Ken? I, you know, I mean, nail on the head. I mean, I just thought it was it was phenomenal. I mean, you're right. You know, Jax did what he had to do. Um, what I loved about the way Charlie Hunnam uh, played the character is, there was a quiet resolve. There was a point in last night's episode where you could tell uh, Jax had an acceptance of of what his fate was, and it, it was it was so altruistic that he, you know, he the character was one of you know for the six or so prior years was someone that tried to you know essentially had two families and tried to do what was best for both his, his motorcycle club family and his, his blood family and was always trying to keep everyone from harm's way and do the best for them. And and at some point uh, in last night's finale, Jax realized that the best thing he could do 
was to just not be there. Um, and it was very, um, it was very poignant. Uh, you know, it was, it was, you know, the biblical imagery of, of you know, dying for someone else. Um, and in a sense that he saved everybody in, in his choice at the end, uh, he saved his family. He saved uh, his biological sons, as well as his club, the Sons of Anarchy. So, I mean, just uh, and, and, and I said before, but kudos to casting. I mean, who the hell knew who Charlie Hunnam was or before the, the show started? And um, I can't imagine any other actor playing the part. Just a phenomenal job on him and, and just not enough positive things to say about the show. And, and Jimmy Smith's too. I got to give kudos to him and Dre and Matea and um, you know her portrayal as Wendy. Um, you know, and and give it up to, to Katie Segal and give it up to to every everybody that you know everybody that had a part in this this show. That's why I loved about Sons because you never know which way it was going to go. If it was going to zig, it was going to zag. And I I got closure in it. And you know what the funny part of it is. I was thinking today is that Michael Chillis was a part of two season series finales. You know, I mean, he played Vic Mackey, and um, I still say he went to the scene. He had to go. I mean, when he got up at the end of the Shields uh, and he and he ran out, I think he, I still think he went out there um, to the fight because that's how Vic Mackey was. He couldn't stand being in the in the de- you know in the desk in an office. So that's how I feel about that series finale. But um, I just thought the casting was wonderful for Sons. And, and you know what? Chibs made a right move. Uh, Chibs, uh, Chibs, they made a right move putting Chibs there for president and takes for vice president because, you know what? Both guys are loyal. Both guys help Jax, and both guys love Jax, and they love their club. And it was just a, uh, you know, you can go. We can go on and on and dissect the uh, Suns all night, but uh, we could talk about some other stuff. Well, one of the, you know, Mike, I'm curious your thoughts, and I don't know how like uh, geeky you are, but you know, I, looking back on 2014 and, and looking ahead to 2015, uh, yeah. I, I do think as as a geek, and I and I use that term affectionately because I put myself in in that category. Um, you know, we had the Star Wars trailer coming out. We had Guardians of the Galaxy come out this year, which I thought was a phenomenal movie. We had Marvel, you know, unveil their plan of movies for the next few years, as well as DC putting out their plan. We're going to get Batman versus Superman. Jurassic Park trailer comes out. If you're, again, quote, geek, um, 2014 has to have you really excited, not just for this year, but the next few years to come. Oh yes, definitely. I agree. Um, the Star Wars trailer, I, I I wanted more. I was one of those people that had to get told it was a teaser. It was a teaser. I, I wanted more. I was I was disappointed with it. You know, I, I wanted uh, I wanted I was looking for I don't know, maybe I was looking for familiar faces. Um, yeah, I, and, I and you know what I am, and you know what I've been called a geek. I've been called a nerd. I am into all this uh, stuff, um, with the exception of. Jurassic Park. I'm not really a Jurassic Jurassic Park fan. Well, you know, being called a, a geek these days is not such a bad thing. You know, fanboys, uh, <laughs> geeks, nerds, and we're we're really taking over. So it's especially it's, when you're sex, especially when you're a sexy beast like myself. So <laughs> you're right. Sexy geeks are the best kind of geeks. 
See, you know, it's ah, funny, I, I, think like, so. I think so. Jurassic Park, you know, it's funny because I love the first one. Mm-hmm. Did not really like the the consequent sequels. So I am I am really hoping. I I was optimistic. I thought the trailer was great, and I'm hoping that they they rekindle my my love for the franchise uh, that I yeah. got from one. One I loved. Yeah. The other two really did not like. So I'm I'm optimistic. You know who's gonna be I love, in it. You know you know which one I like. I like geriatric Clark from uh, <laughs> if you guys remember from uh, the movie Naked Gun Thirty Three and the Dirt. <laughs> when the guy when the guy smashes the other guy with a walker, pretty funny, pretty funny stuff. Um, you know what I like to talk about tonight? Actually, I want to get you a theory on this because I read this and I'm very upset with this. I I don't like the idea of shows repackaging in, in, into new shows. Like they want to retool these shows. They want to do a Latino all in the family. That's one. Two, they want to do a new odd couple, and they want to have Matthew Perry playing one of the uh, cast members. And three, they want to re- retool or repackage um, what Bewitched. What do you think about that? Sometimes there's not enough new material. Sometimes the old stuff is good enough to, to repackage, but not so iconic that they have to leave it alone. It's been going on forever. You know, and it's going to continue. Even if it's something that you love, uh, you've got to go ahead and, and take it. It's it's old. I find it funny when it's not old enough to be redone. But, you know, it's it's just a fact of life in, in pop culture. Yeah, I heard they're doing other facts of life. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of it. Um, I'm curious, because I, I, it depends on the material. I could see, like, a Bewitched. Um, being a good uh, Disney Channel, Nick at Night, you know, maybe they they do something there where it works, uh, finds a new new audience. Uh, it's a quirky little thing. Maybe they make that work. There's certain shows like All in the Family is is you know that show was successful because of who was writing it, when it was on, and the actors they got to play those parts. I mean, are you like in 2014? Like we're gonna we're gonna cast a we're going to cast a Latino racist? I mean, is that what we're going to do? We're going to, we're going to cast someone who's Latino, who I guess hates whites, blacks, Jews, everyone else, but he's Latino, but he's okay with Latino. And, I mean, we, and guess where I mean, they're going to live. He hated everybody except who he was. Like George Jefferson. Right. Asian. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it just it seems <laughs> like you're kind of – I mean, if you're going to redo All in the Family, then to me it has to be – a, a a white racist again in, in, in the place of Archie. But and, and there's no need to do that. That's just, one of those untouchables in my book. Right, and it, it, it was for the time period, and, and I don't know if anyone could play that part uh, better or, or in any way, shape, or form. Because there was something about Carol O'Connor that, you know, there was a certain, like, you, you didn't purely hate him. You, you almost felt sorry for him that he was so ignorant, and there was, there was, a, there was something about him that made him at least slightly likable and and that's a credit to the actor i don't i don't know if you can redo all the family that's my my problem with it is that i loved archie and i laugh when when i see him and and the things he says and the things he does and 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 you know i all in the family is one of my favorite shows when i was a kid i didn't understand the stuff but I love the the stuff that I, I love the Archie Bunker stuff. The other night they had on the one, 
the episode when Edith and it gets a bogus bill. And, and if you guys seen that, it was classic because Archie's, Archie's like, you know, what do you mean you're in jail? And then, what do you mean you're in jail? And then she, he says, what is she doing there? And then he says, what are you doing there? It was like, you know, so, something something so simple. But Carol Connor as Archie made it a household name. And everybody knows who Archie Bunker is. And, and everybody likes um Archie Bunker and all in the family. And and yeah. would would a show like that succeed today? I mean, under the all in the family umbrella, if you guys remember, there was there was Archie Bunker's place which lasted four seasons. There was Gloria which didn't make it at all. Then there was a seven oh four Houser Street show which didn't make it at all. Um and just the Jeffersons made it. Maud ma Maud Maud made it. Um all these other shows after that, um you know, the spin-offs and the remakes and stuff, I, I, I don't think you can duplicate it. It can't be duplicated, and I, I don't think they should do that. But I, I read that. That's one of the things I read, and not happy no, you, with that. You're totally right, Mike. You know, uh, they, they should not redo it. I, I'm going to ask Our, you. Before, how about the Arc Couple? Can you, can, you, can you get anybody to replace or duplicate Jack Klugman and Tony Randall? I mean, I mean, and Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon. My mother always says that Jack Lemmon and Walker Matthau are her favorite odd couple. To me, well, it will always be they Tony Randall and Jack Klugman. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, they've I, recast the odd couple a number of times. There have been, obviously, a number of stage versions. There's the movie and the TV series. So I'd be more apt to – it has to be done right, and that's the problem. Like, you have to get the right casting and, and the right writing and, you know – the Odd Couple series to me was something where everything clicked at once. Yeah, you got the right character actors, you got the right writing. It just it it worked, and I don't know, I don't think you can just necessarily take a concept and it's a good concept, but take a concept and say, let's just do this again because they're the greats in television, and even like we're talking about Sons and we're you know going back to other shows, the great shows are the shows that. Somewhere along the line, the, the cosmos looked down upon the show and the stars aligned. And somehow the writing and the directing and the casting and the acting and everything was able to work, you know, at once. And and there's there's kind of an, an intangible there that's tough to, you know, to, to put your finger on. You know, A Cheers was a great show, but you think, yeah, it's a show about a bunch of people at a bar. Sounds stupid, but it just that was the stars aligned. They got the right actors in place. They got the right writers, the right directors, and it just it it worked. And I don't think you can just take a concept and say, "Well, this is going to work for television." Odd couple, great concept. If everything else doesn't fit into place, it I give it. You know, unfortunately for Matthew Perry, another you know one and done kind of kind of show, and he's going to be looking for another job. Too bad for him. He's what would he? What do you think he would play? I, I, if I was the, the director, I would cast him as Felix. I see yeah, him as a yeah, that's I, I, I see him as a, uh, as a I, I see him as a, uh, a a Felix. I see him as. But um, you know, I'm Mr. curious to know Matt LeBlanc as Oscar. It'll be fun. You know, I was thinking the same thing just now. Actually, um, you know, I I was curious to ask you guys this, and and your favorite series finales and your worst finales what would you think it's awesome we're gonna like you know and on the facebook if you want to post like your favorite series finales i'm gonna have to look back and really think about this um i love the cheers finale 
Um, Sons of Anarchy is definitely going to be uh, up there as far as uh, um, one of my all-time favorites. Uh, the oh, Bob Newhart I hated show the Sopran- Newhart. I Newhart. hated the Sopranos. I hated the Sopranos too. I didn't like yeah. the Lost finale. Um, in, in fact, like for me, like most most finales, actually they don't they they leave you kind of kind of flat. So as far as my I my like Dreams Companies. I, I love Dreams Companies finale when they were all crying. I, you know, like I, I love the you know the Golden Girls finale was was good. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I I am upset though that All in the Family never got a finale. I mean, if 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 my if I was the writer of that show. I would have ended it with Mike and Gloria leaving. I'm going to jump in. You know what? Get this. You ready? The new odd couple, Matthew Perry is cast as Oscar Madison with, as Felix Unger, Thomas Lennon from the state. Wow. You know what is funny? In my head, I was thinking thinking if if you wanted to add a little bit of intrigue to the show and you wanted Matthew Perry to kind of – um, against type. Yeah, I, I, you know, and people to be intrigued, like, oh, I wonder if he could play this part. I, in my head, I'm thinking, you know, Matthew Perry as Oscar would be interesting, but thinking, oh, there's no way they would do that. And look, I'm going, so it's something interesting, something that kind of piques my interest now to see that show. What? Mike, got one more who thing. Was ca- I'm go. sorry, who was cast as Felix? It's Tom Lennon. He was on the state. He played Lieutenant Dangle on Reno 911. He's ubiquitous as a producer these days. Uh, been on At Midnight a ton of times, produces that show. Uh, you know, really, really funny guy and could do, I'm sure, a, uh, a really good Felix. i never seen that show. i never heard of him, but i got to check him out. And, uh, I'll tell you, do, guys, you, do, you, do you stream, uh, do you do the streaming thing? Hulu, uh, yeah. where did we find the state? It was on Hulu, right? It was Hulu. Hulu, check I out. I have the... Hulu. I have Hulu Plus. I just did. I just okay. did something called Amazon Prime or something. Check out, check out the state. It was a it was a sketch comedy show that was on MTV in the nineties, and and you'll recognize a ton of people on the show because they've a, a lot of them have. All have right, a, and how do I do that on? It's on Hulu Plus. Hulu Plus. It was an MTV show called The State. Highly recommend okay. check it. Mike is always guys. I just want to say one final thing is Happy New Year to you, Merry well, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you, uh, you know, my friends uh, at uh, of this show. I love Pop Life, and I I can't get enough of it. Um, thank you guys for everything and and continue your success. Thank, thank you. you, Mike. Merry Take Christmas, Happy New Year to you too. You got it. Take it easy, brother. And hey, oh. you know. Good stuff from Mike, and I got you know what? It's funny because we 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 kind of hit the geek tastic stuff, and there's a lot of geek tastic. Maybe, maybe we'll get back. We got about 20 minutes left of the show, yeah. and we've been teasing this this battle for for a little while, and well, we'll see where the end, the last 20 minutes go. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna spitball, we're gonna freeform it a little bit here, but we have been teasing the debate, and, and I'm curious. Go to the Facebook. It's TKRS presents Pop Life. TKRS presents Pop Life. I, I want to hear what you guys think as far as thriller versus bad. What is the best album? And and Mike Mike actually posted on the Facebook, and he said that he, he believes Thriller to be the best album. And, uh, you know, I, I do think that at, at first glance, and we're going to go back and forth here, but at first glance, it's it's Thriller, Thriller. Yeah, it's got to be Thriller. And I think you got to go. You know, got to start looking at the track listing. You got to go song for song. 
You got to think if, you know, take all the sales and the record breaking and, and all that stuff out of the mix and just listen to both albums. And the funny thing is, and this is hilarious that, you know, as much as sometimes this show seems like it, it might be, you know, we're making it up as we go along. And sometimes we are. But we do talk about things. We do organize things. And Todd and I talked about, um, best, let, let's let's album. debate it. Let's yeah. debate the, 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 which is the best album. And, and we didn't really discuss much more, uh, like, what our methodology was going to be to, to and our criteria on which would be better. So I went went through, and I kind of looked at both albums, and I ranked each song. I figured, first off, my, my first modus operandi to evaluate each album was to let me rank each song and, and get an average score per song and compare both albums. And so I just did that randomly, not just... Each song, gut reaction, what I thought. I didn't look up, you know, placement on the charts. I honestly was looking at more of like a musical standpoint, songs that like I, I really liked, songs that I would think are, are classic, and then songs that maybe, you know, were a little more mediocre. And the funny thing was that when I was, I, I, I did ranking it one through four stars, and each album came up with a 3.3 average per song. So I was like, well, there you go. That helped me. Not at all. I know you came up with, with a similar ranking system, so how did you go about it? Well, I went through the, the uh, tracks one by one, and I what I have here on, on my paper is asterisks for the A-plus songs. And I have, as A-plus songs on Thriller, Want to Be Starting Something, Thriller, and Billie Jean. And three of them right there. On bad, the way you make me feel, man in the mirror and smooth criminal, A plus songs, and then in the A range, the A A minus songs, on Thriller, the girl is mine, beat it, human nature, PYT, four songs, and on bad, I have bad, speed demon, dirty Diana, and leave me alone, four songs. I started doing comparisons between. I said, okay. Well, The Girl Is Mine and Just Good Friends, the, the famous duet. So I think The Girl Is Mine is better. Beat It and Bad are similar feels to the songs, and they're very close. Um, the ballads I actually like on Thriller better. The problem to me, I think, with Bad, not, not that it's a problem, it's an outstanding album. It has just as many great and just as many good tracks, but it has more tracks than Thriller, and it has this lull pretty close to the beginning. Bad, the way you make me feel, terrific. And then it goes Speed Demon, Liberian Girl, Just Good Friends, and Other Part of Me before it comes back with Man in the Mirror. And I feel like that's not just a lull, but a lull early in the album. It's just the, the, the bit of the down point. Whereas in Thriller, you know, I, I think the weakest spot is the last song, The Lady in My Life. So it's just because of the extra bulk as most albums were were getting, you know, as they as time moved from the early '80s to the late '80s, albums got bigger when we moved from the uh, the limitations of records and then tapes to CDs. So that's where I came up with my uh, objective win for Thriller, and you know where this started. I said, yeah, it's got to be Thriller. Ken made me think, and I came up with uh, Thriller based on uh, those criteria. See, see, it's funny because it's part like when I look at Thriller, and I was looking at the songs really, you know, I, I rank Thriller a little lower. I, I don't think Thriller is a great song. I think it's a great video. 
Um, you know, if if not, I mean, I love the Vincent Price thing at the end. And again, like, let's preface everything by saying they're all awesome. Like, we're we're actually like we're just you know, you know, it, it's they're all awesome. We're splitting hairs here, but we thought it would be a fun debate discussing like both albums. Um, you know, I I was I'm not the biggest fan of the song itself. The video, phenomenal, groundbreaking. Um, I hear what you're saying with the lull. I gotta be honest though, with Thriller, with the track listing, the lull comes at the end. I'm not the biggest fan of Human Nature or Pyt either. Um, good songs. Again, we're, we're we're talking about great songs, and we're just kind of we're, we're ranking them. Um, so I, as great as the album is, I, I think it it ends weak. It, it starts off gangbusters. Yeah. Um, but again, if I'm sitting there just listening, you know. Just got home. I don't know Michael. I haven't seen him perform anything. And I, and I pop my old cassette into my little one-speaker boombox, and I'm hanging out. It, it's, it's dragging for me a little bit at the end. I totally understand uh, the lull that that you're saying in, in bad. But then, you know, the end, like after another part of me, Man in the Mirror, I Just Can't Stop Loving You, Dirty Diana, then Smooth Criminal, Leave Me Alone. I mean, that that ends strong. Yeah. Um, and you, you're starting to hear like, and I didn't. I, I mean, I rank bad um, as as actually a better album for for me for my taste. I, I thought it was a better, more cohesive album um, than Thriller was. The one thing that honestly, as as I looked at both albums, and it could be for me where I was at at the time. Obviously, albums like this in your past that they 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 hit something nostalgic for you. Um, you know, in your mind's eye and, and where you were, uh, you know, a little bit younger for Thriller. I'm in high school for, for Bad. Um, you know, the one thing, as much as Thriller, the groundbreaker, as far as music videos go, and obviously that changed everything. But as far as videos go, I love Beat It. Beat It's a great video. Um, Billy Jean gets a lot of notoriety for a great video. I don't think it's a great video. I think it's it's a good video. I mean, yeah, he's... Hey, look, the sidewalk's lighting up. Woo-hoo, you know, I, I, I mean, I more more like his uh, American Music Awards performance. Oh, that yeah. to me is the pivotal Billie Jean moment. That's more iconic. than the video. Yeah, the album is groundbreaking and iconic, and that moment is what put Michael Jackson above and beyond. It's funny. The I was always annoyed uh, when I was watching the Billie Jean video that the sidewalk didn't light up exactly right and sync with his footsteps. <laughs> but yeah, no, that was okay. You know, it's, it's all about, Hey, beat. It was fun. Thriller was, uh, it was a theatrical experience. And that's just it. When you look at bad and again, you know, could be like in my mind when I remember, like I, I have visual images like etched in my brain for a lot of the bad tunes, the bad album, if like again splitting hairs here, which album we think is a better album, and and we're on different sides of the fence here, but I think the debate that you that that that's, that Thriller can't even hold a candle to is is the video album and the videos in in Bad are, are absolutely phenomenal and and I do the the extended version of Smooth Criminal as much as again Thriller is groundbreaking to me if you compare those two videos. You can make a legitimate, legitimate case that Smooth Criminal is is a better video than than Thriller is, and, and it's just a phenomenal. And then you look at the Bad Mini Movie, obviously Smooth Criminal, a great video. You know, another part of me, good video. It's a concert video, nothing great. 
but but a decent video. Um, Dirty Diana again. Leave me alone. Phenomenal animated video. Um, and then Man in the Mirror, a different vibe, but still a very poignant, uh, well-made video. So as far as you know, the the visual uh, that you get from the albums, I, I think it's tough to argue Thriller is anywhere close to bad. No, I agree with you. Uh, overall, uh, the, the videos that came out of Bad were incredible. The Bad mini movie was not, you know, terrific. Uh, the video itself for the song was fun, but the overall was not terrific. But Smooth Criminal. You ain't nothing. <laughs> you ain't nothing. Mitch Merritt launched the career of Wesley Snipes. That's so. right. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I was actually more of a fan of the video for uh, for Weird Al's Fat than I was for, <laughs> for Bad. But uh, <laughs> I'm thinking of lines from Fat Man. Yo, ding dong, man. Ding dong, ding dong, yo. But uh, <laughs> Smooth Criminal versus Thriller, and to come down decisively on the side of Smooth Criminal, I think, is tough. Thriller was so incredible as well. I, I don't know which Michael Jackson version was better. I also don't know which Vital Organs version was better. <laughs> um, and maybe one day we'll give you a taste of uh, what Vital Organs did. Uh, but it, it was a, a cover group that, that did uh, its own interpretations of Thriller, as well as Smooth Criminal. So comparisons to be made there as well. Uh, you know, it's maybe it's just the extra bulk that was not as outstanding as the tightness of what Thriller was is what put Thriller over the top for me. See, and it's funny because I just like the flow of Bad more than I like the flow of Thriller. So it's, it's again, we're, we're, we're splitting hairs. The two, like, phenomenal yeah. albums, uh, you know, a, a great artist. And even, like, you read articles that, and, and researching this argument, that I, you know, that... Michael, you know, really wanted bad to to outsell Thriller, and that that's that's tough. That's <laughs> that's, you know, that's, that's next to impossible. Um, but to think that, uh, at least for me, and I'm curious again, get on the Facebook your thoughts. I mean, for me, uh, as far as an album goes, he topped Thriller. So I mean, you know, it just speaks to you know how talented he was, and a guy that as much as Thriller was was the the groundbreaker, a guy that really found his niche and, and voice and, and creative flow as far as videos goes with bad. It was almost like Thriller, as far as videos, so no disrespect to the album right. Thriller, but it was almost like Thriller was a warm-up act oh, wow. and, uh, as far as videos go. Yeah, okay. And when he hit bad, I mean, the videos, I mean, the, the choreography in Smooth Criminal is just absolutely ridiculous. It's, it, it's just, and, and the video... You know, as you talk, we talk about the album and lulls in the album. Like the smooth criminal, it's just so, it's so quick paced, and there's there's no lull in the video. And I know even the extended version in the in the middle where the the cat walks on the piano, ooh, you know, and that that it's just, even though it's you know, can't listen. I, <laughs> it's just awesome. It it is, but I have a debate for a future show, man. Here's a debate for for a future show. Better video album, bad or dangerous? Ooh, now we're talking video albums. I mean, I'd have to like really look at the videos again. Dangerous has some good good. Oh, now we're just we're confusing the whole argument now. <laughs> oh, God, oh, as you can see, though, like we're all uh, we're big time Michael fans. I don't not, not like we went to see Michael in concert, and it's funny now because you get spoiled as, as a youth and and a little a little tangent, but whatever. It's our show. Um, you know, I mean, Michael was my first concert 
and it was bad. So I, I guess it's probably why bad does have a special right. place in, in my heart for me. But man, I don't know about you, and I don't know if it was your first concert. We went together, uh, a group of friends, and but it, it, it's been tough for me with concerts at times. Like I've had to, it set the bar real. I mean, I almost wish my first concert sucked. So. You know, I have like a, a crappy concert as my my frame of reference, but seeing Michael first time, and I, I'm curious. I get from a lot of people, a lot of people, and you don't realize it at the time. We're stupid kids in high school, but so many people have have said to me, "Oh my God, you saw Michael." And I didn't realize how special it was at the time, but I'm very thankful that we got to see him in concert. Yeah, it was his last U.S. tour. So really the fact that we got to see him before he ended his, his performing career in the United States, it is an amazing thing. And luckily for me, I guess, it was not my first concert. It was one of my first. My first concert was uh, Whitney Houston standing on this <laughs> bare little circular stage singing. Not before that, 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 well before that, and we were in the second to last row of the Brendan Byrne Arena. That's kind of error we're talking about. Well, we were at the very we were in the second to last row of the arena, and when those songs came on, my sister and I would, with a whole slew of other people, get up to the the walkway that surrounded the very top of the arena. We were all dancing and stuff. We were into it, (laughs) but I mean, as a concert experience, it pales in comparison to what I saw afterwards. And in that group, I mean, probably a good six, seven concerts in that time period, in the late 80s, early 90s, that were so amazing. But but the Michael Jackson show just tops them all by by a, a lot. So interesting. Again, get on the Facebook. want to know what you think. Give us something. Don't, I mean, Mike, Mike, you're great. We love you. But you just put Thriller. Give us reasons. Give us. We want to hear what you guys think. I mean, maybe, maybe you'll change my mind. Maybe you'll change Todd's mind because we're both on – Different sides of the argument right now. Again, as we said, Splitting Hairs, two unbelievable albums. As far as album goes, I'm picking Bad, Todd's picking Thriller. Crazy debate with just about four minutes left. It's been a crazy year, um, another year under our belt for pop life. As we, we, we kind of hit on a little of the geek-tastic thing. So we go into 2015. What are you looking forward to? What am I looking forward Oh, we're going in a different direction. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Uh, I'm looking forward to, in the very beginning of the year, uh, the return of uh, uh, the return of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. That's one of the first things I'm looking forward to. Um, Obviously, the Star Wars movie will be the bookend to uh, what I'm looking forward to next year. And in the middle, you know, it's it's going to be a a big summer movie season. Uh, I'm trying to think if there are any TV shows that I watch that'll be ending and there's nothing that comes to mind but uh the big movie summer i feel is the year after uh where we're really getting into all of the comic book universes and uh what am i looking forward to next year you know ken what are you looking forward to next year you really caught me off guard. it's it's funny because honestly like we're starting uh as far as series ending i'm a big justified fan so justified also uh ending it's uh it's final season, so I'm looking forward to seeing how that ends. I love that show. Uh, same thing, I'm, I'm looking forward to just uh, more of this. Uh, it's a geek renaissance. It really is. And, and just, you know, it's amazing, you know, at this age where, like, I feel like, you know, I'm going to be, like, 55 years old just, you know, running to the theater like, oh, you know, the new, 
the, the next Avengers is coming out or the Justice League movie is coming out. But I'm just, I mean, when they, un, you know, they unfurl the, the plans uh, this year and you look forward to like 2015 and beyond, um, it's just, it's it's pretty phenomenal. And I think we should do, you know, with with less than 2.30 left in the, in the show, in our year, I think, you know, December of 2015, uh, we'll, we'll be doing the show late in the month. Right. I'm thinking we should do it later on after Star Wars comes out. We'll so sometime to. after the 18th, yeah. maybe that Tuesday. We'll schedule <laughs> right. that Tuesday because well, it'd be on a Friday. That'd be the 19th, 20th, 20th. So the 22nd. We may just do we'll a do the year Star end. Wars show. We could do a year-end show and then do a Star Wars show. We too. should do that. We should, we should get together like the night of the 18th. We'll go see it right, and then do the show that night. So we had our big uh, end-of-the-year show that wasn't. Maybe in January we'll do a, uh, a what-was-the-year-that-was show. Maybe. Maybe. We'll do that. It's free-flowing. We'll see what we didn't get to because, I mean, you guys who called us tonight were great. Uh, you know, good stuff. Again, Suns took up a, a big portion of the show. We hit a little bit of our year in review, but January rolls around. Who knows what's going to happen in September? So we'll, we'll recap some more 2014, get you seven 2015. I mean, it's phenomenal, man, because we, we keep doing the show, and it's like, you know, we get done with the show, and then tomorrow there, there'll be, like, some pivotal announcement from some movie studios. Some pivotal announcement, some episode of a TV show that shocks everybody. Some, you know, hey, some celebrity coupling or decoupling. No, that's not our thing. That's not. Thank God. That's not Thank God one of those things. We're, no. we're, we're, we're a better entertainment show. And uh, with a minute left, you know, one of the things, and I'm curious how this starts to unfold as we, we talk, and maybe we'll, we'll get into it if more news services, but that, that whole Sony hack thing oh, yeah. uh, came out. And uh, reports are that definitively there there's talk between Marvel and Sony to uh, – for Spider-Man to join Civil War, so yeah. they're they're going after him, and that's you know, that's a character that that to me, you know, Marvel's been doing a bang up job, that really phenomenal. But Spider-Man's a guy they need. They need Spider-Man in the fold. He's the crown jewel of their universe, and uh, maybe we'll have more developments uh, coming there. We got 20 seconds left. Happy holidays, Todd. Happy holidays to you, Ken. Uh, it's been another fun show going to be a fun little off period as the holidays come and go and i can't wait for the next show Ken. thank you all for your callers you guys have been awesome have a great holiday season for todd i'm ken good night everybody talk to you next month